Welcome to Worldwide Wonderful Women, a podcast for your living in divine power when yours is diminished. A podcast where encouragers receive encouragement. We understand these are hard times. You may find that it is becoming more of a challenge for you to remain strong as you give of yourself continuously. That's why this is the place to join other women globally who face the same challenges as you. So join us regularly to receive biblical insight not to faint, but to stand strong. This is the podcast to be rejuvenated and revitalized. Now, let's join our host, Paula Harris. Hello, and welcome to episode number 295 of Worldwide Wonderful Women. And the title of this episode is Liberty in Our Lord, Part 3. Out of my concern for the body of Christ, you know, all of us as believers, to have the ability to walk in love, harmony, and oneness of spirit as Jesus commanded, I have been expounding on Romans chapter 14 this month. I have been going verse by verse just to keep the entire thought presented in these passages so that you will not think that I'm presenting my own opinion. Christians are at different levels of spiritual maturity, and we also have diverse backgrounds that influence our attitudes and our practices. The wisdom and the instruction given in this chapter is going to help you to know how to show love to another Christian who may not have the same convictions as yourself. So far this month, we have all been called on the carpet to evaluate our attitudes and actions toward other Christians who hold different convictions from our own. In other words, how we are viewing them. Today, we're going to flip the coin and look at the other side in regards to evaluating the impact of our own convictions and actions on other Christians. In other words, how are they viewing us? And most of all, are we causing them to sin by how we practice our freedoms? Please go to the previous weeks to get a full understanding. The two examples that were previously given that may be a source of contention and judgment were abstaining from certain foods and esteeming one day more important than the rest. After I had gotten done the podcast last week, I had some other thoughts. One thing I want to say from the previous week in regard to abstaining from eating certain things, the example I gave of abstaining from drinking alcohol was in alignment with those considered weak because the weak in this verse was abstaining from meat. But you may say, wait a minute, Paula, not drinking to me is, is being strong and having strength. So how am I considered weak? I don't want you to think that way. I was not saying that you are weak because I don't drink myself and I don't view myself as weak because I don't drink at all. So if you did have that thought, I can understand, but I wanted to squash any misunderstanding over that. Also, remember I said that I cannot address everything that's covered in these passages, and I didn't want to give too many examples so that the Holy Spirit would speak to you specifically. 
With the second contention of how one viewed special days, you may have the conviction that no one should miss church on Sunday. You may condemn a nurse or fireman for working on Sunday until, until you may need some medical care or your house catches on fire on Sunday and then you have a heart of gratitude for their service. So it is possible that those who have to work on Sunday may just be able to find another time that they worship and develop their relationship with God. We have to be careful not to be hypocritical as the Pharisees during their time when they were laying down laws and yet they themselves broke the same laws. So we must be careful again of jumping too quick to judge other believers. I also mentioned in the last podcast that some believers' perceptions on certain issues may be wrong, but their desire to please God through abstaining or not abstaining was quite sincere. And because no Christian lives for himself or herself, but for Christ who died for each one of us, and because both the strong and weak are most of the times trying to act out of love and reverence for their Lord, nobody, none of us are allowed to judge someone else by dictating what is right and wrong. Because only Christ, their master and Lord, really has the full knowledge and ability to do so. I want to start with verse 9 today, but to be able to understand verse 9, I need to begin at verse 7, chapter 14 in the book of Romans. Here's what it says. For none of us lives to himself, and no one dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. Now here's where verse 9 picks up. For to this end, Christ died and rose and lived again, that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. So here, when it talks about none of us, it's referring to believers, not all people in general. Believers belong to the Lord. They live and die in relationship to the Lord. Therefore, believers should aim to please him. The basic understanding of this scripture is that each believer must live his life in full view of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we must interact with others in a way that pleases our Lord, not by judging the strong or demeaning the weak. No, no, from his authority as our resurrected Lord, he bids us to live in harmony with one another. God, not other Christians, is the one to whom all Christians are responsible and before whom we will have to answer for our own behavior. One of the reasons for which Christ died and rose and lived again is that he might be our Lord and that we might be, what, his subjects, willing subjects, gladly rendering to him the devotion from our grateful hearts. It's the Lord's lordship that continues even in our death when our bodies lie in the grave and our spirits and souls are in his presence, he is still our Lord. He is the one that gives us orders. It is he that we turn to for direction and instruction. Therefore, it's wrong for us to stand in judgment over other fellow believers whose practices on disputable matters may disagree with ours. 
Okay, let's look at verse 10. But why do you judge your brother? Or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Now, Paul addresses the weak and the strong here in this verse. He says, why do you judge or condemn your brother? In this question, Paul's addressing this question to the weak who are in faith. And then he asked another question. Oh, why do you show contempt or look down or despise your brother is what it's really saying. And this question is addressed to the strong. Here, Paul is addressing the weak and the strong for doing things that are not beneficial in how we respond to one another. One Christian is not above another as judge. All of us are equal under Christ, who is the real judge. As a matter of fact, each believer must live with the judgment seat of Christ. Now, your translation might say God, and that is not an issue because God and Christ are one and the same. But we're all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. All that we do is going to be judged at the heavenly bema seat or judgment seat. And you can look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5.10 to read even another passage on this. But on that day, all the meaningless differences that we have between one another is going to fade away. And we're not going to even be concerned about the validity of what others have done because every one of us is going to give an account of himself to God. At this judgment seat or this Bema seat, the issue of the believer's eternal destiny or salvation is not what is going to be judged or is at stake. Salvation was settled when each one of us puts our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and his completed work on the cross on our behalf. Instead, each believer's life of service is going to be judged. Some loss may be experienced, but there will be rewards as well. And you can look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 12 to 15 on that. When we all stand before the Bema seat of Christ, the weaker brother is not going to have to defend the actions of the stronger brother or sister. And the stronger brother or sister is not going to have to answer for the actions of those who were weak. We're all going to give an account of our own life and our own activities before the Lord, individually, one-on-one -on -one with the Lord of glory. Okay, look at verse 11. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. Now here, when it says every knee, that's including believers and non-believers alike. Every one of us, every human being is going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And that will be the only evaluation that really counts in the end. Remember, the judgment of believers are going to take place at the Bema seat of Christ, and that's going to be for service, not for sin. It's going to be a time of review and reward, and it's not to be confused with the judgment of the Gentile nations, as explained in Matthew, or the judgment of the great white throne, as revealed in Revelation. The great white throne judgment is going to be the final judgment of all the wicked who were dead. Now here in verse 11, Paul is quoting Isaiah chapter 45, verse 23, to underline that judgment belongs to God alone, and it will definitely take place. He's the one who is Lord and judge over all. And since this is true, we should not usurp his authority or his rule by judging others on controversial matters like eating or not eating certain foods. 
And really today we have other issues that are controversial between ourselves as believers. All right, let's look at verse 12. So then each of us shall give an account of himself to God. Now this is self-explanatory. Jesus is our Lord and we must live with the convictions that we have learned from him. We need to constantly look at our convictions in light of God's word and not the wishes or the traditions of men. It's best for us to spend more time in getting the log out of our own eye than trying to go around and getting the speck out of others. It is clear that we are going to give an account of ourselves, not of our brothers, to God. So are you ready to stand before the Lord and have your life evaluated? Okay, finally, let's look at verse 13. Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore, but rather resolve this, not to put a stumbling block or cause to fall in our brother's way. Now, of course, when it says brothers here, it's talking about sisters as well. So instead of spending more time in judging one another, we judge one another too much and without the proper authority and knowledge. Instead, let each Christian judge himself and his actions so that he doesn't place a stumbling block. When we talk about stumbling block, we're talking about something that another believer will trip over or cause another believer to fall. Or maybe uh, your translation might say obstacle. And really an obstacle is a trap or a snare or anything that leads another believer to sin. So instead of going around judging one another, we need to be judging ourselves and seeing are we putting stumbling blocks or obstacles or are we living in such a way that's going to cause someone else to sin? Now, does that mean that we don't exhort, encourage one another or share with one another if we see that one is falling in sin? No, we approach a brother or a sister in love, but not with judgment. And just remember, the passage that I'm sharing with you in Romans 14 goes along with the rest of the Bible. We have to take the full counsel of God. But here in this passage, it's just really talking about some of the things that we do in regards to how we judge and condemn others and we put stumbling blocks in the way of our brothers and sisters. And that is wrong in the sight of our Lord. So what are we to get from this week? We are being encouraged to, instead of sitting in judgment of fellow Christians, in matters of indifference. We should decide rather to never do anything to hinder another believer in his or her spiritual growth. And none of these non-essential matters is important enough for us to cause another believer to stumble or fall in sin. Paul is letting us know that neither pressure from other people nor tradition should control our consciences. Instead, we are to seek guidance from the Spirit of God as to what we should and should not do. And we should be inspired by God's holy scriptures to help us determine what we should and should not do. That's why it's important that we need to study the Word of God. Jesus is our Lord. He is our Master. Not just in words, it should be in lifestyle. He is the one that gives us our marching orders. He's the one that tells us how to live each day. Now remember, it takes a deep searching of this entire chapter in light of other scripture too, to know how to live when we are in disagreements with other believers. And I'm praying that you will listen to all the podcasts this month and be still before our Lord to seek his wisdom 
on any matter that seems to divide you from another believer. Well, I'm sharing and I'm trusting that the Lord is driving home what it is that he wants to say to you personally. Well, join me again next week and smile. Jesus loves you. Thank you for listening to Worldwide Wonderful Women. We trust you enjoyed the program. Please take a moment to leave us a good rating and review on iTunes to help us continually encourage others around the globe. We also invite you to go to TWMforJesus.org. That's T-W-M, like in Mary, F-O-R-J-E-S-U-S dot O-R-G to download your free gift and see other resources to help you live in divine power. And oh, don't forget to tell your friends. Until next time, be strong and of good courage.